Hey, everybody, this is a preview of today's members episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and become a member today. Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long, bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast, and spears... Dan holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. Reach my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. yep. to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the contact section, and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. We have Rick coming on the show today, and Rick is going to share his experiences from Cuiaba, I think I pronounced that right, where he had a lot of the paranormal experiences down there and he wanted to share with us and then some other things that have been relayed to him, like a friend of his being raised to be a voodoo priest. This was a good conversation we had with Rick and I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's get to him right now. All right, today we got ourselves Rick on the show. Rick, what's going on, man? Uh, nothing much, man. Just um, hanging out, excited to do this interview. It's been been almost a year. Yeah, I mean, it, it just shows how busy and how popular you've become, which is great. You know, man. Listen, it, it, it's been um, it, it's been a little bit of a journey. Is your email was one of the emails that kind of came in just a bad timing. I was in the middle of a move from one state to another, and then I got to the new state and the room I thought I was going to be recording in in the new house turned out almost impossible because it was right below my son's room and right outside the door was the kid's playroom. I'm like, I'm surrounded by the kids. How am I going to record? And that's when I made a decision. I'm going to have to get an office space outside the house. And that was the best move I've ever, I ever could have done because since then, we've had countless people in studio, which I would never do for my house. I don't want people coming to my house. I don't want people knowing where I live, you know, and all that. You <laughs> Definitely. Know? I understand that. Yeah, for so, sure. But like, yeah, I mean, it was just one of those times. It was just like, oh my gosh. And like literally from 
January of 20... What was this? What year is this? 2023? Yeah, so January of 2022 uh, to October, I, I did a handful of interviews because I didn't have anything to... I, like, I, I was either in the middle of trying to get this move done or you know, not having a space to work out of. So I was just running through an entire huge library of archives that I recorded over the years. I was really glad I did it. Like, you know, yeah. hindsight's twenty twenty, but like in the moment you're thinking to yourself, dude, I got 70 interviews that haven't been broadcast yet. What What is wrong with me? And then it's like, oh, holy crap. Wow. Guess what? I blew through that 70 last year. <laughs> and so <laughs> things are much yeah. more up to date and current and stuff. I mean, you're not getting... Uh, recordings where I'm like, yeah, it's freezing outside. You look out the window and it's a hundred degrees. You're like, wait a second, what? You know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's good, man. It it, it saved you during a, uh, you know, this really, 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 you know, I I absolutely hate moving. Um, But I mean, it, it, it definitely saved your, your bacon, man, while you were getting everything set up. Seriously, man, it really did. So uh, anyways, thank you for your patience. Anybody listening no right now, if you fall in that category, uh, check your email because we've been emailing people. So uh, not everybody at one time because I can't get locked up in a situation of having a hundred interviews to do and, and having a whole archive like that again. I don't want to do that. It was, it was exhausting. But uh, yeah, we are back on track. Okay, so Sweet. now that we got that uh, information out of the way, I guess, uh, Let's talk about your experiences. And just so that people have an idea of where we're going, uh, you emailed about this place called, and I'm going to try getting it right now, uh, Cuiaba, Cuiaba, Cuiaba yeah. Brazil. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it was like a spirit center, spirit, uh, what is it, spiritualist center yeah. that you were yeah. there. And I lived next to it. Yep. Yeah. So you lived in, lived next to it and you want to talk about all the experiences that derive from that location. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. At some point, uh, during this recording, I want to get into, uh, two other stories you want to share about. Uh, one is both are relayed from other people, but one is involving your friend who was, I think you said raised to be a voodoo priest. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that sounds interesting. And then also uh, your pastor having experience where he was transported. And I'm talking like supernaturally transported, not on the yes. of bus in Philly. Like we're talking about you know, <laughs> real translation yeah. type stuff here. Now. Translation. Yeah, and I love it. I love all of it. So listen, let's get into Cuiaba Qu- uh, and, uh, and uh, see where we go from there, man. Okay, sounds good, man. Let's do it. So back in 2005, 2006-ish, my dad, he bought this, um, it's a, it was a lumber yard out in this city called Cuiaba. And um, he bought it with a cousin of mine. And um, I, I believe the business, uh, he bought it from this guy that, that was a truck driver. And um, what happened was, um, so from, from 2005 to 2007, we, we were always talking about me. Oh, like you, you, yeah, like he was trying to get me to go there. Right. And I said, ah, you know, uh, maybe I'll go, we'll see what, what's going on. And, um, it, at that point it, it was doing pretty well. And, um, I remember speaking to my dad's cousins there and they're saying, oh, you should come down and all this and all that. So, um, around September of 2007, my sister ended up getting married in, in Brazil. Um, so, um, 
I, I, I had just, I graduated from high school in 2005, 2006, 2007, two years later, I wasn't doing much of anything at all. I, I had nothing to do. I had no clue what, what, what I wanted to do with, with my life, you know? So I said, you know what? I'm not doing much and I'm 20 years old. I have no bills to pay. I have nothing. I'm going to go down there and I'm going to spend a couple months. So my sister's wedding rolls around. That goes good. I um, just hop on a plane and I head over to Cuiabá. And I mean, you're talking about a place. I mean, it, it, it's this city. It was carved out out of the middle of, of the jungle, you know, like a couple hundred years ago. And, you know, as soon as I get off the plane, that in that that heat, that wave of just humidity just hits me in the face. Um, I get in the car and um, we head down to, the, to this place. Right. And um, I, I got my, my my mom and dad were there. And um, we just start, they had this little barbecue going on, get to meet everybody. And um, my mom, she, uh, she pulled me aside afterwards and she said, um, she's like, oh my gosh, I, I can't stand this place. I don't like it. Um, I can't sleep here. It's, it's crazy. I'm, I'm having all these strange dreams at night. So like, I was like, you know what? I don't. I was like, ah, I, I didn't think much of it. I just thought my mom probably was just having nightmares. And then that week, um, one of my dad's cousins comes over and he, uh, from, from next door and he tells me, um, and he, and we're, we're talking about where he lives and he's like, oh yeah, I, I live next door. And all of a he just comes out and says, oh, Hey, um, um, yeah, where, where I live now, it, it used to be a, a spiritist center, right? It's, I, I believe it was um, from a religion called Umbanda. Um, Umbanda or Kimbanda, I, I, I don't know. It's, I don't even know the difference, but it, it was either one of those. So I, uh, I, I, I go over there right next door and, and we're sitting in the kitchen and, he's, and, and we just start talking about this place. He says like, Ah, you, you know this place is kind of creepy. You know, we we hear knocking on on the windows at night. Um, there's like people walking upstairs. There's all kinds of strange noises going on here. And um. And I and I said, uh, and I remember asking him, "Is like so? Like, why do you like live here?" He's like, "Oh, it was cheap." And I was like, "Is there anybody else that lives here?" He tells me, "Oh, there's this guy that lives upstairs, and he's really weird." And I said. Okay. Um, and he's like, he, he's, he's super strange, but I'll, I'll, I'll get to him later. So we're, we're sitting there talking in the kitchen. Right. And, uh, and his wife is just, she's really weird, really, really strange lady, you know? And, um, we start talking about ghosts and all that. And then she, um, and then they asked me if I'm scared. And I said, no, like, I'm not scared. They're like, ah, oh, you're scared, blah, blah, blah. And this and that. And all of a sudden this lady she just lets out this like cackle. I mean, she like, she puts her hand over her mouth and she's like, <laughs> like just the most demonic cackle I've ever heard in my life. And like, man, it, it, it really, really pissed me off. Like, you know, I almost, you know, I wanted to call her out like that and I, I wasn't scared at all. But then, um, um, he told me that, that he, he was hearing, hearing all those knockings, um, I left that night and, and I went back, didn't think anything of it. Um, I remember staying there for, for a couple of days, just getting in, in, in the groove of things. And um, 
one thing you have to understand about, about this place, and this is something that my, my pastor tells me too. It's like whenever you have like demonic possession, which is like this type of demonic possession that, you know, we're used to seeing, which is people rolling around on the ground, screaming and all that. He's like, that is associated with people that usually have problems with alcoholism, with promiscuity. Um, they're usually poor, um, ignorant, right, per se. They're not very well educated. And this whole place, this whole neighborhood definitely fit the bill, you know, very, very violent. Um, there's, there was a lot of crime there. Um, I mean, the, the, the people weren't bad. They, uh, they were nice, but it's like that one place, right? That one neighborhood where you have like this, this drug dealer that controls, you know, the, the area, he controls everything. And, um, so, you know, it, it, it's, it's fine. Everything is, is going good. And, um, I remember we, we would throw these parties back then, right? And um, I remember one guy that he, he, he was a guy from the neighborhood. He was a pretty, pretty decent guy, like a nice guy. He kept coming to our parties, right? And, um, and, I, and, and I was, you know, I, w- I would always talk to him normally. And then one day he, he just stopped showing up all of a sudden, right? And um, I remember like, the next, the next time that, that I saw him, I, I talked to him. I was like, Hey, like, why, why aren't you coming by, man? He's like, he's like, guys, you have no idea, right? Um, somebody here told my wife that I was coming here to, to this party to cheat on her. And we're like, no, that, that's ridiculous, man. We, we, we would never say anything so, so crazy like that. And then he just nonchalantly said, he's like, ha, ha, guys, you, you have no idea. I, I, I came by here last Tuesday and I was going to come in and, and, and just kill all of you. I came with my gun. I was going to blow all of you away for making up these rumors. And we're like, what, man? Like, no, that's crazy. He's like, yeah, but you, you guys weren't here. The gate was open and everything, but you guys weren't here. And I, and I, and like, we ended, I ended up talking to him. I was like, dude, that that's BS. We, we, we never said anything like that. Like we don't like, I, I barely know anyone here. And, uh, it was some girl that we knew that ended up talking to him later and talking him out of basically killing us. Right. It's like, it, it's insane. And this is when I started to really realize like, holy crap, man, like this place is, is no joke, you know? So we, we, we talked to him, we, just, we had a couple of beers and boom, everything was settled. Um, during the, this is just to illustrate how violent this place is. Um, we were, um, th- th- there was this old man, he was a retired cop and um, he, he, he would come over and he would be like, and he would just, just talk to us, right? And then one day he shows up, right? And he's very like eccentric type of guy. He's like, ha! He's like, did, did you hear about what, what happened this weekend? We're like, no, I didn't hear about it. He's like, did you, did you hear so-and-so? I, he got his head blown off. We're like, I'm like, no, no. He's like, yeah, yeah, I, I did it. I, I, I was standing on top of the bridge and he said he was going to kill me. I pulled my pistol out and bang, just one shot, killed him with one shot right in the head. We were like, and like my, my cousins were like, yeah, whatever it is, what it is. And I'm like, holy crap, man, like this. You know, th- this is no joke. This guy is just sitting here openly talking about murders, right? And um, and and that's true. 
everybody I, I talk to around there, they're like, hey, listen, be careful with who you offend here. Be careful with who you talk to. If you say, if you let, if you let it slip that you're going to kill somebody, you better do it because they're going to come after you. And I said, you know what? I don't want to kill anybody, man. I'm just here to work and just to have, have a good time. So, um, um, with this business, we had this one truck, this old beat up, it was a Chevy D 40. I don't even think it, it ever came to the U S. Um, and we had one mechanic that would work on it, right? This guy, he was, uh, he, 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 he said he was a Christian, right? I, so I, I, I believed him. Okay. He was a big guy. Um, he would always wear like cut off like shirts and, um, he, he, he was like in his fifties, but he would always dye his hair black. So he, he looked kind of emo in a, in, in a weird way. And, um, he was, he was a nice guy. So, um, we, we brought him in one day and we were talking to him, drinking coffee. And then, um, we start talking about him. I, we start talking to him. He starts telling us that in a previous life, right, which is not too long ago from that point, um, this dude was a, a, a contract killer, right? He would kill people for money. And I forget how many people he actually murdered. I think it was like, it's probably over 10, right? Could have been more. Um, again, this is, 2007 right so i don't you know i don't really remember the numbers but he had killed a lot of people i mean pretty much a serial killer right there is no difference from somebody that kills somebody for money and ted bundy right there is no difference i mean you're you're out there murdering multiple people and and he said no i i got saved a couple years ago i i went to prison for a little while and um, just so you know, uh, in, in, in Brazil, um, it's different than the United States. You can actually murder somebody and you can um, confess to, to, to the crime 48 hours later. And then you can respond, you can uh, respond to, to, the, to this court, to these court proceedings while you're free, right? Because you, you confess the crime. And then... Um, you know, you'll be, maybe they'll, they'll give you like a couple of months in jail or, or maybe a year or two in jail and you, you'll get out, you know, um, that was part of a big push from the left back in the eighties when the, um, um, the military dictatorship, um, they handed over power. So, um, it's a, it, it, it's a strange place. And, and, and I mean, you, you'll be like, oh, but this guy killed 10 people. How, how is he out? And I guarantee you, I, I was telling, I was thinking the, the same thing. It's like, all right, this guy's a Christian man, but he, he belongs in prison for, for what he did. Right. But, um, so we, we were talking that night and, uh, and he said that every time that he used to go out to kill somebody, he would get, um, he, he would, he would drink, he would get drunk. And he said that the devil would appear to him and tell him like what, what, what to do. And, and this, this being this image of the devil, I don't, I don't even remember what he, if he even said what he looked like, would, would, would appear to him and tell him what, what to do. And I remember like, I was like, Oh my God, man, like I, I'm, I'm stuck in like, you know, the, the twilight zone mixed with the, uh, wild west, 
out here. You know, I was like, this is a very, very strange place. And at, at that time, I, I regret to say, you know, I, I was I was far away from God. I was far away from, you know, my uh, a relationship with Christ. And all, all we were doing was just like partying and working. And and um, it was at this point, right, that I said that I thought, man, it's like this is this place is weird. Like that, this spiritual heaviness here. And. I, I remember, I think it, it was a couple nights later, this is where all the paranormal stuff started with me. I, I was asleep um, at night and I, I wake up and it was just super hot and I had accidentally left the window open and all the bugs start coming in. So I, I take my shirt off to change it and I turn around and as I turn back around and I'm putting my shirt on, it was it had to be like five, ten seconds I see this lady standing in the corner of the room. She was uh, like a Afro, African in appearance. She was black. And um, she was wearing these white and blue clothes. She had her hair all combed back like it was the 80s. Red lipstick on but her eyes were all white. This was a preview of today's member episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to the confessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today.